In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today let the word go forth fool me once are you fired up i'm not a crook are you ready to go shame on shame on you it's abe lincoln's top hat hosted by ben kissel fool me can't get fooled again welcome to the show everyone i am ben kissel staring at marcus parks always he ain't no mimi bobek Huh? Mimi Bobek. <laughs> the Drew Carey Show. Yeah, I know Drew Carey Show. Yeah. Mimi Bobek. <laughs> From Stevens Point, Wisconsin. I know. She went to SPASH. I know. Stevens Point Area Public School, senior high, something like that. SPASH. Huge claim to fame until Ben Kissel rolled through. Oh, yeah. Yep. And Terry Porter, another big Stevens Point phenomenon. As far as I know, I'm about the only thing to come out of Rochester, Texas. Absolutely true. <laughs> not the did only Rochester not... big and tall come out of Rochester, it Texas? It absolutely did not. Okay. Oh, not the biggest one to come out of Haskell <laughs> County, though. That's Rick ah. Perry. Oh, of course. He's always going to have that over me. Rick Perry, by the way, just hanging out in Saudi Arabia this past week. No idea what he was doing there, but just chilling out, taking some Instagram photos. Jesus. That's what he was doing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to talk about the Masterpiece Cake Shop, uh, cake the gay cake case in front of the Supreme Court that happened, uh, that's going on right now throughout the week. We'll get into that story a little bit more. We'll keep you up to date on what's going down with Roy Moore. Also, the Inequities Act. Uh, uh, Barack Obama, uh, he uh, used it in order to claim 1.3 million, uh, I believe it's acres of land in Utah. And uh, Donald Trump this week has uh, scaled that back specifically when it comes to bears' ears. Mm -hmm. Uh, They call it bears' ears because there's a couple of mountains there that evidently look like bears' ears. Uh, But like, you know, astronomy, I I don't see it. (laughs) You know, when you look up at the skies, you're like, that's a unicorn playing bowling. That's a unicorn (laughs) bowling. I'm like, I just don't connect the dots (laughs) the same way that you did. But we'll get into that. That's actually very interesting. Uh, basically, Donald Trump has opened it, the land up to, quote, unquote, the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what do we know about the uh, United States? Corporations are technically people. And that's where it's going to go. Exactly. Theoretically, it could be a Six Flags, um, <laughs> I suppose. But they're sort of going to be uh, expect oil rigs and fracking. expect fracking. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. And, of course, it's, it's, it's tragic for the uh, Native American tribes that are there. That's a real holy site for them. Speaking of holy sites. We'll get into uh, Jerusalem, now officially uh, the capital or recognized as the capital of Israel before it was Tel Aviv. We'll get into that uh, there as well. Big deal. Big deal, the Utah thing, kind of under the radar. A lot of people were extremely upset with Obama for taking that much land. They Mm -hmm. thought it was a massive federal uh, government overreach. So Donald Trump has scaled that back. I'm conflicted. I would, it would be nice if it wasn't going to uh, go to big oil and to, uh, to fracking, but that does seem most likely where it will end up, uh, what will end up happening on that land. And I've got some questions for when we get to that. All right. So let's start here with uh, Roy Moore, obviously the election. And of course, Al Franken and Trent Franks, we'll get into that stuff. By the way, what's going to happen? Happen, ladies and gentlemen, a little birdie has told me um, that there's going to be a purge of names in Washington when it comes to sexual harassment. We're on the tip of the iceberg, and uh, I've heard as many as 20 to 30 names coming out here. Uh, oh. So it's going to be... It's going to be the gift that keeps on giving, like the Jelly of the Month Club <laughs> from Christmas Vacation. Now, this is the war on Christmas. This is the war on Christmas. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you wonder if it'll ever go up to the president. Obviously, we still have 13 accusers out there for Donald John Trump that uh, have gotten very little justice. None. None. 
Um, so with Roy Moore, speaking of people who are the accused, of course, Roy Moore accused of having uh, sexual contact with Leah Korfman when she was 14 years old. Many other women have come forward uh, saying that he courted them when they were in their teens. He did end up meeting his wife uh, when he was in her thir- when he was in his 30s. She was in her early 20s, but he had scouted her out, for lack of a better term, uh. ever since she was 15 years old. <sighs> so this guy had a plan in his 30s to go find a young woman. That mm-hmm. seems to be uh, what was going on there, and he has stayed married to this woman now, I guess, for for multiple uh, multiple years. One woman came forward, um, and she said that they went on a date. Everything was completely consensual. She was 17, which was the legal age in Alabama. I believe it still is. But the reason that she came forward was because uh, Roy Moore said that he didn't know her. He never met her. But she was like, we did meet. We, yeah. you, you signed. Uh, you went. Uh, another yearbook signing had occurred. Um, and I don't know if it was a yearbook. It was. A, I think it was a Christmas card or something, something like that. Like something that. like that. Yeah. She was going through her Christmas ornaments. Uh, yes. You know, trying to find. You know, but make her house look nice for the season. Sure. Uh, and found this letter from from Roy Moore. But the strange thing about that one again is she's like, it was all consensual. She actually had a very nice date with the guy. But yeah. The reason she came forward was like, he's just lying when he says he doesn't meet when he didn't remember or when he says he didn't meet any of us yeah. he did i know that for a fact yeah absolutely did and that's what she said that's the reason why she came forward she was like i'll be goddamn if someone's gonna call me a liar exactly that was it <laughs> he, he, he's uh he's messing with some hornets man and that yeah. nest is shaking I, i'm not trying to piss off these women i'll tell you and of course you know the irony is uh roy moore consistently still sticks with the storyline it's the gays it's the transgendered it's the liberal socialists uh it's a big plot uh from the left to uh make sure that I don't fill this vacated seat uh, of Jeff Sessions. These women are Republicans. Yeah. Uh, th- many of them voted for Donald Trump, so all of that stuff is nonsense. However, yeah. uh, he does seem to be still steadily improving, uh, strange to say, in the polls uh, as that narrative continues to uh, harden his base. The narrative, of course, that it's a left-wing schmear campaign, almost reminiscent of what the Clintons were talking about when it comes to the the right-wing cabal against them. The vast right-wing conspiracy. Exactly. But now it's it's transgender individuals, apparently. Well, I mean, Roy Moore really doesn't get enough credit for being a piece of shit outside. He doesn't? I really, I mean, let's just go through some of the things that you know have been coming up about Roy Moore recently. Uh, oh first of all, in 1997, he argued that um, crime is caused by kids being taught evolution in school. Oh, naturally. Uh, he said they're acting like animals because we've taught them they come from animals. The only defense I will give that is Jeffrey Dahmer, who said, <laughs> after I heard about evolution, oh, you know, I heard about evolution. I figured I'd just go make zombies. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, Jeffrey. There's a stretch there. Uh, and then in 2005, of course, he argued that homosexuality should be illegal. Of course. Disgusting uh, guy. Then in 2006, he said that Keith Ellison should not be allowed to serve in the House because he's a Muslim, Muslim. Yeah. you know, and more yeah. would be sworn in on the Quran. He also said in an interview that was released recently uh, that uh, he was talking about Russia. He was talking about Putin. Obviously, Putin, extremely homophobic. Oh, no. He took them to Putin because like, uh, they, they asked him. Uh, you know, he once said that the Soviet Union was the evil of uh, the focus of evil in the modern world. Right. And then he could say, you know, you could say that about America, could right. you? Uh, and uh, he said, well, we promote a lot of bad things. For an example, same sex marriage. Right. Yeah. And then when uh, the interview said that Putin makes the same argument, Moore said, Maybe Putin is right. And uh, which is, of course, absolutely atrocious. You does not get nearly, nearly enough attention. uh, The amount of systemic legal homophobia in Russia. It has been awful for gays. They're imprisoned. Literally deadly. Literally deadly. Uh, So the fact that he would say that is unbelievable. But of course he would say that because he also said the legalization when the Supreme Court uh, passed gay marriage, he said that decision was worse than the Dred Scott decision. So just to put that in some context, uh, it was Chief Justice Taney, Dred Scott. He was a slave that escaped to the north. Uh, He wanted his freedom. The decision was, no, you don't get any. It it just reinforced slavery. Mm -hmm. He said, so completely eradicating the freedoms of an entire race of people or continuing the uh, eradication of freedoms was, was better than gay marriage passing, which is one gives freedom 
uh, to people to live under the Constitution in the exact same way that straight couples get to live uh, under the Constitution. And the other one enforced slavery. Yeah. And he said the gay marriage, the passing of gay marriage, was worse, was a worse decision than Dred Scott. I don't even understand I don't how you can wrap your brain around something like this. And this man is a judge. Yeah. And to piggyback on that, back in September, uh, a member of the audience right. asked Moore when he thought America was last great. And Moore said, and I quote, I think it was great at the time when families were united, even though we had slavery. All right. So they cared for one another. Our families were strong. Our country had direction. And so it doesn't really matter what we say here on this show regarding the special election that will be play- taking place December 12th. Uh, an interesting tidbit here. You know, Doug Jones, he's obviously the Democrat, really shot himself in the foot uh, when it comes to his abortion stance, being for third trimester abortion. As soon as I heard him say that, I was like, this is not going to play. This no, is not going to play well done. in Alabama. Yeah. Uh, uh, perhaps should have politically thought about that a little bit more, but that's his heart, and he and he and he spoke he's his a, truth. He's a principled man. I have to respect him for that. Yeah, if that's if that's what uh, if that's his belief, that's his belief. Um, so Doug Jones, you know, obviously a prosecutor, all these kinds of things, uh, putting away the uh, the uh, the Klansmen who uh, were responsible for the church bombing. We know a little bit about his history. He's coming out swinging a little bit more now. He Much has, more. Yeah, he has said that uh, Roy Moore has never been a pride of Alabama. Mm-hmm. He, he says, I use my guns for hunting, not for show. Not for show. <laughs> and, of course, Roy Moore loves to show off his little gun there. It's uh-huh. an extension of his Johnson. 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 <laughs> uh, which is just unbelievably juvenile and pathetic and I thought Doug Jones did a good job you know in that presentation uh, Steve Bannon was just out there recently uh, uh, supporting uh, Roy Moore, um, really going after people like Mitt Romney uh, for some reason, going after the Romney. They hate Mitt Romney. Uh, that's why Donald Trump is encouraging, encouraging, speaking of Utah, encouraging Orrin Hatch to run for another term. He is 83 years old. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Mitt Romney, a lot of support in Utah, one of the more successful Mormons in history. But they don't want him to be there. They just hate Mitt Romney. It's very personal. So uh, Steve Bannon on the stump, who, by the way, made a film called The Steam Experiment starring a fat (laughs) Val Kilmer. Steve Bannon is the executive producer of The Steam Experiment. Keep that in mind when we're talking about these people. These are not like unbelievable, like mega minds. He is a moron who executive produced a series of horrible films, but he did uh, executively produce Titus, which is actually kind of good. It's actually really good. Uh, uh, steam experiment synopsis. A deranged scientist locks six people in a steam room oh. and threatens to turn up the heat if the local paper doesn't publish his story about global warming. It sounds a lot like the Trump presidency, doesn't it? <laughs> the steam experiment starring an overweight Val Kilmer, who is my favorite uh, actor to ever gain weight. A lot of people say, I want my rock stars dead. It's a famous Bill Hicks line. I want my rock stars fat. I don't want them dead. They have families. I want them to be alive, live good, happy lives, but I love when they turn fat. Yeah, I guess. Oh, it's my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite. And I will go see. A fa- I am a kind of upset Axl Rose succumb to pressure to lose weight. Succumb to pressure. Eminem, when he actually looked like a peanut Eminem, was adorable. What if they just wanted to take care of their health? I know. <laughs> but I love it when they get fat. That's Steve Bannon. This guy is not some brilliant mind. No. He's a putz. He's a hack. He's the executive producer of the Steam Experiment uh, and a series of other box office flops. He under- That's where he made his money. Yeah. Uh, I you mean, know. he's a hack, but he understands something that he a taps lot in of the us, wor- he taps into some bad shit. Yeah, exactly. You know, he he it's is very easy to pre- prey on people's uh, ignorance, rage, and anger. It's yeah, very yeah. easy. It's the easy choice. Yeah, that is very true. Uh, and that's exactly what he's done. Um, so he was out there stumping for Roy Moore and talk, you know, just kind of throwing Mitt Romney under the bus and, you know, uh, discussing why Roy Moore is the only moral option and all this kind of uh, total and complete and utter nonsense. You have that uh, along with the full-throated endorsement now of Donald Trump, who tweeted support for Roy Moore and has since actually campaigned tangibly for Roy Moore in Florida, right on the border, the same media, yeah. uh, as a matter of fact, the same uh, media uh, uh, share. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it'll market. be- Market. Market, yeah, the same media market as uh, as Alabama. So that's very strategic. So Donald Trump- I don't know if he is trying to outsmart the people and be like, I was in Florida. I wasn't in Alabama. <laughs> but he, uh, he I, I, although at this point, 
he is all in. He has said, vote for Roy Moore, vote Roy Moore. So that's where that is. Um, and again, uh, I believe that Roy Moore, this we'll find out on Tuesday, but I think that he will be uh, one of the 100 most powerful people in the country. Of course, a sitting United States senator accused pedophile. Let's go to the Democratic Party. Al Franken, he was accused by seven women, beginning with Leanne Tweeden. Uh, of course, that was in uh, actions that took place during a USO tour, a lot of inappropriate groping, things like that. He has resigned. A lot of pressure for Al Franken to resign. The Democratic Party, and you can make your own minds up about this, uh, they are trying to have the moral high ground. They're trying to, this is a political play. Uh, in some ways, Al Franken was a sacrificial lamb. I'm not saying if he shouldn't have resigned or if he should have resigned. That's up to you to decide. Um, but this was what the Democratic Party this was a uh, an opportunity for them to say, hey, we are the party of women. Mm-hmm. Obviously, 53% of suburban women voted for Donald Trump, interestingly enough, but the vast majority of women voted for Hillary Clinton, and they tend to vote Democrat for a series of issues, specifically equal pay, equal work, uh, uh, reproductive right issues, uh, family leave issues, just issues that affect their lives um, that the Democratic Party tends to focus on, although you could argue the Democratic Party has taken them uh, taken advantage of that vote for quite a long time. And of course, you could argue that as well when it comes to the black vote, which is something why Donald Trump was able to peel off quite a bit of Hispanic and black uh, and the black vote. And why, of course, the black vote did not turn out uh, in 2016. They felt as if the Democratic Party was just uh, assuming they were going to uh, vote that way. And that's just not the way it works. Yep. Al Franken, 32 Democratic senators, uh, not Amy, uh, it's like Klobuk, Klobuk out of Minnesota. She did not uh, sign this, but 32 Democratic senators were like, yo, bro, you got to resign, yeah. uh, which is quite a significant portion of Democratic senators, <laughs> considering I think they have 48 seats. Uh, so there was a lot of pressure on Al Franken, a lot of pressure. He gave his, uh, it was a hashtag, I'm not sorry, not sorry, mm-hmm. apology speech, yeah. uh, a little bit uh, reluctant to do so. I don't think that he understands or I don't think that he believes that he should have to resign at this point. But again, the Democratic Party trying to make a political play to become the party of morals, which we talk about the flipping, the juxtaposition here. We're, this is the Democratic Party who brought us who brought us the, the scandals of the 90s uh, and, and the hits of, uh, of, of yesteryear when it comes to sexual scandals. And certainly uh, the Republican Party was always considered uh, the party of, uh, of the moral right. But I just don't. I, no, I don't but know. Were they, were they actually moral? That's a whole other question. We have New Gingrich out there trying to try to crucify Bill Clinton. Meanwhile, he's cheating on his wife, who is dying of cancer. She did live. <laughs> and Newt always points that out whenever people are like, didn't but you have she, sex she with li- She lived. She was dying, but she lived. So she it's not it, as bad. She anyway. made it through. Some might say it's because I cheated on her. Maybe, Newt, whatever you have to say. But that was the always. anger the- kept her alive. Yes. But that was the hypocrisy of the right. And of course, that hypocrisy came over and shed its light on uh, on the left as well in, uh, in recent uh, weeks and months as the tide is now turning, uh, specifically when it comes to sexual harassment claims and uh, what behavior in the workplace, which was evidently completely normalized uh, over these years as people Marcus and I and I talk about this on the radio too it's like I never really worked in an office yeah so it's strange to hear these stories um, of, of really like high school antics uh, taking place from uh, adults. Uh, I guess it never ends, really. I mean, I, I guess well, not. I, I mean, it does for a lot of people. I've worked in offices before, but they were fine. Like, yeah, they were, like they were. It wasn't anything weird going yep. on like that. So Al Franken has uh, he he's given himself two weeks to kind of get his ducks in a row, mm-hmm. uh, to use a, uh, a a cliche, and then he'll be gone. Uh, the question is, and we'll talk about Trent Franks here in, in a second. He's a Republican out of uh, out of Arizona, representative. He's a congressman. Um, but the question is, is this the right decision for the Democrats strategically going forward? The reason that um, Donald Trump is so pushing for Roy Moore, completely blinded to all these accusations, or uh, simply willfully ignorant or accepting them and doesn't give a crap. I think it's most likely accepting him doesn't give a shit. 71 71- yeah, yeah, that's possible. 71 Republicans, 71% of Republicans in Alabama don't believe it. And I think the other whatever percentage, 29 or so, uh, don't care. Yeah. I think that that's uh, that. Um, it's very close. 
they can the, the Republicans can barely get anything passed through right now. Uh, Mike Pence, of course, VP Pence, he has cast more tie-breaking votes than any VP uh, in modern history up to this point, already at five, mm-hmm. which is uh, very, very high. And they have 53 seats, and they can still barely pass anything. So that's why this seat is so crucial. And the interesting thing with, with Al Franken, the first time he ran very close. He only won by like 300 votes. Yeah. Uh, and then things did turn around. But it is extremely plausible that the Democratic Party has just given up a Senate seat uh, in Minnesota to the Republicans. That is extremely possible. And if that is the case, from a uh, from a uh, political perspective, you have to wonder if it was the right decision. But at the same time, from an optics perspective, uh, they can now claim the higher moral high ground. The question is, does anybody even care? That's uh, what I've that's the question that I kind of keep uh, wondering in my head. It's right. like, you know, they're claiming the moral high ground, but for who? And and strategically, they they may have just given up a Senate seat. Maybe. Um, I mean, it could also be that, you know, that, uh, I, I mean, don't we don't, I really don't know how uh, purple that district runs. Uh, Minnesota is one of those interesting states. Yeah, right. Uh, very interesting. Of course, it went for Bernie Sanders in 2016. Um, uh, I believe... It went, can you, I, I think it went for Hillary, but that was very close. Very, very close. Minnesota went, yeah, Minnesota went for Hillary. Did it? Because, yeah. you know, we had Wisconsin, we had Michigan, that whole area. Yeah, yeah, she, she yeah, okay. Minnesota went for her, yeah. Uh, so, but that could really go either way. Of course, Minnesota, you know, it's one of those states where you conceal and carry. If you, you can, you can bring your gun anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, and you go out outside of Minneapolis, which is obviously like, uh, like most uh, cities, your liberal hub outside of Minneapolis. It's it's rural, it's farmland, very conservative. I mean, this is Michelle Bachman. Let's not forget, this is where she hails oh, from. Jesus, real. Oh, uh, so this is Minnesota. Yeah, you know. So it's very, very possible uh, that the Republicans get that seat back because. The Democrats want to get the moral high ground here, and I am not. Again, uh, uh, I, I, I'm not litigating the the accusations. This is just uh, the reality, and I think um, the Democratic Party. I understand what they're doing, and, and hopefully they can reap some rewards in 2018 because of it. Let's hope so. But if, uh, it's all, it's also extremely possible that uh, they kind of shot themselves in the foot by giving up this seat. Uh, if a Republican does end up filling that vacuum, we just don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but Al Franken, nonetheless, he did uh, he did resign, and uh, he's gone now. Uh, we also have again. I'm ta- I'm telling you the purge. My girlfriend says it's the purge for congressional gropers, <laughs> uh, which it seems to be uh, happening. It seems to be coming true. We got this uh, this fella Trent Franks in one of the more bizarre uh, scandals Easily or harassment. the most bizarre congressional uh, sex scandal that's ever happened. I'm not even sure. Sh- I mean, I don't, it's, is it, it a it's sex misco- scandal? It's misconduct. It's, it's, it's not a sex scandal. It's, I mean... It's almost worse. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I obviously... <laughs> sexual this, organs are involved, yes. but it's not really a sex scandal. So I'm sure you've heard about this at this point. Uh, he basically, he, he wrote a uh, his, his uh, resignation letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got it yesterday. He was talking, uh, it begins with he talking about he, oh, he and his wife, are, she's infertile. They've always struggled to have children. They have two children now, but they wanted to have one more child. Yeah. And evidently, he went to his subordinates. Two women uh, have come forward, and he proposed that they become his surrogate, or as Ken Bones would call it, his, his human summary. <laughs> Uh, of course, Ken Bone. You know, we all remember Ken Bone. We all remember Poor Ken guy. Bone. Nice guy nice for all intents and purposes. You know what? Still going at it on St- Twitter. And, and as you know, he like should. He started the Ken Bone show just a couple of weeks ago. Good, and, Good for him. You know, he's still still trying to make it. So, you know, I initially you kind of laugh and say, well, that's, that's kind of strange. But then when you really think about it, when we talk about what's the difference when you're going to Washington, D.C., when you're a male or a female, well... Definitely he wasn't proposing that any male uh, mm-hmm. staffers be the surrogate of his child. And yeah. if you see this guy, I don't want to, like, you know, get all about the physical features, but he's got a, he's got a cleft lip uh, <laughs> that's been, it's been healed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but he's, I don't know. The conversation, you can see how it got extremely strange for these women who no one goes to Washington, D.C., 
to carry the child of their boss? No. That is insane. And, of course, there are services for this. There's a whole industry uh, for this. So the fact that he broached that subject with subordinates, putting them in a position where it's like, did my boss just ask me to carry his kid? Like, (laughs) oh, how how intrusive is that? Yeah. And how uh, just like that, you know, we talk about – differences uh, in the workplace and what does systemic uh, sexism obviously I don't know if this guy thought he was doing anything wrong or not and I, I, I don't know you he did not think he was doing anything wrong yeah in his uh, again in his apology or resignation throwing letter, everything against the wall to see what stuck I guess so which is even a more disgusting <laughs> yeah, analogy of the situation staffer. he asked the waitress at the diner that he goes to uh, every day well yeah he said that he had just become very comfortable with the topic because it's been discussed in his home for so long you got to kind of leave that. That's a home conversation. Yeah. That is not an office conversation. But when you talk about what's the difference between being a male and a female when you go into these uh, places, that is a prime example. One guy is suggesting that you carry his child. And, of course, obviously the males didn't have to do that. Uh, the same thing that I mentioned um, on America's News headquarters, talking about Huma Abedin and Monica Lewinsky, both the same intern class. One went to work for a dude. One one went to work for a woman. Uh, he knew. Did I talk about this on the show? You talked about yeah, this on the show. Yeah, Amity sh- should have been in the White House or could have been in the White House. And Monica Lewinsky, of course, became a euphemism for oral sex. So these things. That's what uh, what I'm and I'm learning a lot in this process too. Yeah, you know, it's very enlightening when it comes to the differences of how um, people interact with individuals based on gender in the workplace. Uh, I had no idea that I, it didn't even cross my mind when you're talking about like sexual harassment scandals or scandals in general, be like, I bet you that guy wants her to be a surrogate for his families <laughs> so they could have a, for his family so they could have another child. Like that is so beyond the pale yeah. of something that would even cross my mind. Uh, so I thought that was a very interesting, uh, that's an interesting story. He has resigned uh, obviously, he's a congressman, not a very significant position, but not a senator. Uh, I think the Al Franken uh, resignation is a little bit more important when it comes to the party mm-hmm. uh, in general. Uh, obviously, the Democrats versus the Republicans. Um, but uh, so that's that's where that story went. And uh, it, it very, very strange, to say the least. Yeah. So let's continue on here. I want to talk now about. Uh, well, first of all, I forgot to mention this on the last episode. It's a bit of a non sequitur, but we'll talk about Bears Ears, mm-hmm. which is obviously Native American land. Uh, Native Americans are extremely upset, by the way, of, of course. course, with Donald Trump. Uh, again, the question is, should the federal government have had that much or taken that much land? There will still be about half of Bears Ears uh, left, and there's another area as well, um, which I am blanking on the name. It's it's all in the, the same vicinity. Basically, the, again, the federal government giving it back to the people, but wink, wink, the people are corporations. That is just the way that it works uh, ever since Citizens United. And, of course, I will be inter- – not of course, you don't know this, but I will be interviewing David Bossie, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll play, this, that we'll play that clip here probably on the next episode. Um, I haven't done it yet, uh, he, but he is Citizens United. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting hearing his perspective on all of this stuff. Um, but when it comes to uh, Elizabeth Warren – you got to check out this cookbook. Of course, I'm referencing this because uh, Donald Trump referred to his, uh, re- referred to her as Pocahontas uh, when presenting, um, I believe it was Navajo uh, code breakers or code, code talkers mm-hmm. uh, with an Wind award. Talkers. Uh, and uh, obviously with uh, with the background of uh, of, uh, of Jackson there. I mean, very, uh, you know, unprofessional, I thought, to say the least. Obviously, Jackson imprisoning and, uh, you know, doing horrible things to Native Americans, calling her Pocahontas. But in the 80s, she actually contributed, Elizabeth Warren contributed to a book. It's a cookbook. It's called Pow Wow Chow, Mm -hmm. uh, which I firmly believe if she was a Republican, I think there is a double standard. I think people would call this extremely racist uh, because it is. And she submitted five recipes, three of which have officially been uh, denounced as uh, as, – uh, well, it's, they, it's, she she stole them from yeah, French cookbooks. They were supposed to be. Well, no, she stole them from a newspaper. From, but they're French it, recipes, yeah. <laughs> which is absolutely yeah, hilarious. Like, but that's the thing is that I was just looking up. This story came out in 2012. It's an old story. It's a super old yeah. story. But yeah, what she stole was cold omelets with crab meat. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. nothing more Native American than cold omelets with crab meat. That is a classic <laughs> Native American dish. Yes, she so she basically plagiarized her uh, her recipes. Not. The biggest deal on earth, but I just think it's quite hilarious that she participated in a book called Pow Wow Chow. I believe it was written by a relative of hers, and she just gave these five uh, recipes. But that is like I still I, I just it I, just makes me laugh. I did walk around the house for a couple of days saying, "Hey, darling." 
Could I get some cold omelets mm. with crab meat? Yeah, it sounds like you sub, you give someone that when they're in a fever dream. <laughs> like that is like ne- never ever do I want cold omelets with with uh, with crab. Something used to break a fever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's basically what happened there. Did not get a lot of press, by the way. Interestingly enough, did not get a lot of press at all. What, the, the powwow chow thing? No, not the powwow chow thing. Uh, the Utah, the the the, uh, the barriers, barriers did yeah. not. They basically covered it a little bit um and that was it because i think the corporations that run the news um channels these quote-unquote news channels are happy with this decision uh as they always are there i mean you know there's just so little information i watch the television news shows and they are just nonsense stop watching television news well watch it but uh then just do a lot more research on it and just understand it's all fictional nonsense it's a, it's awful they fuck up constantly you know oh, that big that big cnn fuck up that just happened well and then brian ross of course uh, he was suspended by abc news for a month uh, he got that completely wrong that was the uh basically what he thought was a smoking gun that uh that uh, went all the way up to the White House when it comes to Russian collusion in the 2016 election involving Michael Flynn evidently speaking with Donald Trump. Joy Behar on The View freaked out. Uh, you know, it was all nonsense. It was not true. It was not, you know, they're following They're falling down the trap that Dan Rather fell down in 2003 or 2004 when they had the, uh, the Bush, the W um, expose about his record. I believe it was, uh, was he, Viet- no, he was not Vietnam. But Bush? He was, yeah, yeah, Bush was Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Uh, spent his time in the National Guard. So there was a whole story about how uh, some records were forged and all this stuff. Turned out to be totally bogus. Really ruined Dan Rather's career. It did. So these news outlets... Stop chasing the ratings, which is all that we care about in this country mm-hmm. at this point. It seems more than ever, obviously, uh, you know, Donald Trump, one of the key uh, components of that new fascination. Just get the information right and give it to us. Stop being so thirsty. Stop being so thirsty. It's really unbelievable. Obviously, every single network uh, does it. So, yes, you know what to do. Read The Economist and uh, and do your own due diligence and don't succumb to your confirmation bias because uh, nothing is ever as great as the headline that you want it to be. Yep. It's never it's never true. Um so yes, so that story did just, the the Bears ears thing did not get a lot of uh, a lot of play whatsoever, and we'll see what happens. It's interesting from a libertarian perspective. You could argue this is the federal government scaling back because again, when Obama did this, it was very controversial. Uh, now, but what did, what did the corporations do with it? That's a whole other thing. And as Marcus said, fracking and oil most likely. Well, who did Obama take the land from? Who did Utah? The, yeah, but the, the, the state of the, of the state of Utah. Well, he or took it out like of the, private citizens that own the land in Utah. He took it out of the uh, he took it out of the uh, private sector, and yeah, made it a, made it a federal land. Basically, uh, what um, he used the um, the Inequities Act, the 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 act that um, national parks. Yeah, yeah, the yeah the one that Roosevelt put in. Yes, Roosevelt exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he just used that to have a uh, a land grab. Uh, and a lot of people were con- uh, upset when it when it, upset with it when it happened. A lot of Native American groups were very happy with it. Again, really, it's kind of a holy spot for them. And if you look at it, I mean, you got artwork going back, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Really significant archaeological stuff. There's not really a lot going on on the land. So again. Uh, they deemed it more suitable for whatever they're going to be using. I don't think, I think theoretically this, this could be anything. The land could be used for anything. Um, but it is now back in, uh, oh, I guess it's now it's back in, in, in private hands. Now it's back. Uh, so in the corporate interests, we'll do whatever they want to do with it. And feel free to email me your thoughts on this because I'm a little bit conflicted. I don't know if the federal government should just be going out there and taking up huge sums of land, um, parts of land, but at the same time, now what what becomes of it? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, it doesn't destroy the the beauty of it because it's obviously, you know, uh, billions of years in in the making. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, they don't destroy it. But if we're seeing anything with this administration, uh, they have definitely given a green light to uh, to big oil and uh, and and uh, and to fracking and natural gas companies, and uh, so that's that's what it is. Um, but this is, of course, you know, Donald Trump fulfilling a promise. That's exactly what he said he was going to do. I mean, you know, we, we sort of laugh and we scoff when we hear the chants, drill, baby, drill, drill, baby, drill. This is it. Yeah. This is what it looks like. Um, 
So I want to hear your thoughts. BenK721 at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about it. It's an interesting story, uh, and I would like to hear a personal perspective from people uh, in Utah. Beautiful state. Yeah. Unbelievably beautiful state. Uh, speaking of campaign promises, let's go on to talk about other lands, but of course, let's go to the Middle East. Obviously, Israel planted there in 1948. Um it has not been peaceful for a day. Uh, <laughs> Jerusalem, as many presidents have promised, including Bill Clinton, uh, George W. Bush, I'm not sure if Obama promised it or not, Jerusalem is now officially recognized as the capital uh, uh, of Israel before it was Tel Aviv. My concern here is a lot of uh, pro-Israel uh, individuals are happy. For example, you look at Alan Dershowitz, former Harvard professor, current Harvard professor, I think, as well, left-leaning Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton Democrat, forever. He has completely switched over Israel. And as we talked about, he's very, very pro-Israel, which, you know, President uh, Mahmoud Abbas out of uh, Palestine, livid with this decision. Hamas, granted, a terror group. We cannot succumb to them. But they have promised three days of, uh, as a matter of fact, Abbas promised three days of relatively violent protest. And Hamas will continue that. One of my concerns uh, here, going back to, I'll get back to Dershowitz in a second. One of my concerns is, you put an embassy right there, United States civilians, Jerusalem, Jerusalem is right on the border of Palestine. I mean, it is, it is right. It's the war zone. It yeah. is the, it is ground zero. You thought Benghazi was bad. You thought the recent uh, attacks in Niger were bad. You're really setting yourself up for a big risk here. Now, uh, explain. I mean, I have to, you know, man, I got a t- complete total ignorance on this. And, you know, maybe some of our listeners out there are in the same boat. Why is this such a big deal? Well, Benjamin Netanyahu has wanted this for a long time. So he is extremely happy. Netanyahu is extremely happy. It really is a religious phenomenon. Of course, the Christians want this to exist. The evangelical Christian right, the people who put Donald Trump or helped put Donald Trump in the uh, in the White House, want it because they want the Jews to have uh, Jerusalem. They need that's their holy site. Mm-hmm. Of course, in a strange way for Jesus Christ to come back, the Christians then have to go fight uh, uh, the Jews in uh, Jerusalem, win, and then Jesus comes back. But it really is it's, it is uh, symbolic. Uh, most of the business in Israel is already done in Jerusalem, to yeah. be fair. It's just we don't recognize, we don't have our embassy there. Most, uh, right now, obviously, again, it was in Tel Aviv. They would travel to Jerusalem, do business, and go back to the embassy. Mm-hmm. Now the embassy, from what I understand, if that is going to be recognized as the capital, will be there. So it's uh, it's a significant change. Provocative. But it really is provocative. And it, again, uh, just goes back to Donald Trump being 100% pro-Israel, not for a two-state solution, and it goes back to what we were talking about involving UN Resolution 2334, which was the resolution that Michael Flynn spoke with Kislyak about, the Russian ambassador, Mm -hmm. uh, which, of course, the UN ended up passing 14 to nothing, and that settlement, and that... agreement was to halt Israeli settlements. The United States abstained from it because, of course, uh, we need we need Israel. Um, and so the U.S. abstained. Could have gone no, could have gone yes. Obviously, we kind of went uh, Switzerland with it. So Donald Trump has been pushing that hand for a long, long time, and he has delivered on a campaign promise. So it's symbolic, but it's also very real uh, when it comes to um, – the Palestinian-Israeli relations, the the settlements will continue to expand. One of the misnomers that's out there is that somehow this is impeding or stopping peace talks. My understanding is they they haven't been talking very much, Uh, certainly not about peace, uh, and definitely not uh, in that region. So uh, basically ever since, uh, what was it, 67, uh, ever since Israel really got in there, just completely got control of, uh, of the region themselves, uh, it's been it's been hostile and will continue to be in the Palestinian people. Uh, sadly, will continue to be prisoners in their own country. And I am not against Israel. I, I think it's a you know I understand that the terror groups or um, like, like Hamas and uh, Palestinians uh, don't think that Israel has the right to exist. I get that. But Israel is the powerhouse, man. You know, this whole idea that somehow they're the world's victims, they got the dome, they got the bomb, they have everything. They control that region. And I I don't know if that's, like, fully understood. Mm -hmm. Um, They're they're not – Palestinian – Palestine is, like, another – it's a third-world country uh, compared to what goes on in Israel. We give so much So much. 
Um, and weapons. So like, it's just uh, yeah, but well, so it, is, Israel and Israel is it's a finger like, of the United States. Absolutely, and it's not like what we gave to the Libyan farmers to oust Gaddafi. They get the new. They get the primo. Yeah, they, they get the <laughs> they get the great stuff. And of course, you know when it, when we talk about the dome, they, we gave them that technology and they actually use it. Um, so it's an extremely safe. Uh, I mean, obviously there are there are terrorists. They deal with their own. They yeah. deal with their own. It's not extremely safe. They deal with a yes. lot more shit than we do as far as like terrorism. They're right there. They're yeah. right there. But uh, this idea that somehow Israel is is constantly, um, you know, being being beaten down by uh, by the powers that be in the Middle East is really it's an untruth. They are they are the superpower. They are the extension of the United States uh, in that region, and we've given them a lot of support. So this is Donald Trump. Uh, following through on a campaign promise. Um, what does it do other than, uh, uh, obviously, again, symbolically, helps out Israel. Benjamin Netanyahu is thrilled. I, I just feel like the risk is is extremely significant, which I think is why presidents who had promised to do this in the past said, eh, is it worth it? Yeah. Because, again, you know, we got what happened in Niger with the four soldiers. We had what happened in Benghazi uh, with the four diplomats. And now we're going to have these people there. I am just very concerned. You know, we almost have uh, an Iran hostage situation, which is possible. Yeah. Uh, of course, I'm talking a little bit from fear here. And I had a lot of callers on Fox News Radio, extremely pro-Israel, you can imagine, um, being like, this is the best decision of all time. But time will tell if this proves uh, to be... Uh, a fool's errand or not, because is, if something catastrophic does happen and there is a hostage situation as Hamas storms an embassy or something like that, will it be worth it? Do we go back to Tel Aviv? Who knows? Know. But this is Donald Trump fulfilling a promise. The evangelical community is thrilled. It's uh, one of those strange things where it doesn't change much other than in the minds of... Uh, Really, uh, religious individuals. Oh yeah, the evangelicals love it, and all they had to do was shake hands with the devil to do it. Yep, basically. Um, so let's finish up here with this masterpiece cake shop uh, case that's going to the Supreme Court. I have mixed feelings about this as well, and I want to hear people's thoughts. Uh, Charlie Craig and David Mullins they walked into Masterpiece uh, Cake Shop. Uh, owner Jack Phillips they requested owner Jack Phillips make them a cake. Uh, it was for a wedding. Jack Phillips, uh, the owner, said, I, I'm sorry. It's against my religious belief to make you this cake. I don't believe in gay marriage. They sued. It's now in front of the Supreme Court. Justice Kennedy will be the swing vote on this. Kennedy, of course, uh, the, it's a conservative court now. Uh, Kennedy's a crucial component. He's usually the swing vote, probably the most powerful Supreme Court justice. Mm -hmm. um, he could go either way. And I see this from both sides. Part of me is just like, this guy has a business. You should be allowed to, uh, if, if if I'm a Satanist and I don't want to serve a Christian, I don't want the federal government telling me that I have to serve this Christian. Uh, I want to say, get the heck out of my shop. Um, but at the same time, uh, we have a situation that is on par with, you could argue, the Civil Rights Era 64-65 Civil Rights Act, where you had your diner sit-ins. That's more uh, where I lean. Yeah, know? I lean more towards that direction of like, you know, this is, it's, it's a civil rights issue here. Uh, but now the question is, is that a slippery slope then to where it's like your religion doesn't matter? And they, to be fair, the, the religious right has been trying to pass this religious freedom yeah. legislation for a very, very long time. And this is really going to be well, people a would big use, decision People would use the Bible to justify racism back in the day. Yes, but then you can also use – but. The, the 64 and the 64 65 civil rights acts aren't going anywhere you know so that's all that's all done that's the only issue that i have with it i was like we kind of we we've we've de dealt with that legally on the books you're not allowed to discriminate um you know based on race uh based on gender um, but the question is, you know, this wasn't the only this is not the only cake shop around. They can obviously go elsewhere. And do you want business owners, you know, um, the the most most large corporations have company policy where it's like we do not discriminate against X, Y. We just don't discriminate. Yeah. Uh, the question is, do you want small business owners to have to uh, accommodate when uh, it, it just simply goes against everything that they believe in? And I just try to put myself in a position where if it's something like if some Klansman came in to let's use bakery and they want to celebrate, you know, the K the some anniversary for the KKK and they want to clown they want to they want to clans hood on top of a cake. I don't want to make that. And I want to tell them I to know. get the F out of here. Uh, that's not I that, that thing it's a that's huge where, stretch because No, that's not a huge stretch. Yeah, this it is, is just because somebody they chose to be clansmen. 
I mean, it's not like a fundamental part of of who they are. They, like this is uh, this, this is something that is sure. going against like something that is a fundamental fundamental part of of who they are. There, and a lot of evangelicals think do. that people choose to be homosexual. They're wrong. They and are. They need and they need to they be are. told they are wrong. The question is, if they don't word this properly, it could have uh, it could have limitations to personal freedom and individual freedom yeah. that we have to be very careful about. That's why this case is, I, is interesting. I, I totally get what you're saying and I absolutely agree that they need to be extremely careful with how they one, word this yes. thing. One of the interesting uh, angles that I was thinking about was the idea of speech, right? You have a First Amendment right to speech and what is speech? Is baking a cake speech um, or is it when you actually write congratulations in this case, uh, Charlie and David on your wedding? Does it? You can't force someone to do that. Yeah. That is that is that is not constitutional. That is a violation of their First Amendment rights. Um, so, but do you have to force them to make the cake? And then here's the cake. Uh, you can go write whatever the heck you want on it. Gotta. So they're gonna have to they're gonna have to split the baby here. Yeah, yeah uh, a real sticky wicket in front of us, don't we? It is a sticky <laughs> wicket, and and that's the thing, and that's why I try to flip it because you know me, I'm like. This uh, Jack Phillips can uh, suck my balls. I don't like this guy. <laughs> I don't like this guy one bit. He's an yeah. evangelical bigot. Uh, I know. I know. Um, but you know, we have some Satanist uh, folks that we hug out with. Uh, well, I don't. We, we've we've hung out with some people, yeah, but I know for oh, a fact you mean in like thirty different cities in America. Yeah, last yeah, yeah. Year? And I know for a fact some of them, if a, if a like an evangelical Christian walked into their house, they'd be like, "You're out of here," or walked yeah. into their place of business, be like, "You're out of here. Why are you here?" Um, so that's that's just kind of where I'm coming at it because it's always the case where you feel like you're doing the moral right that is uh that is kind of the the, the road the to hell is paved with good good intentions right. and all that yeah yeah that kind of cliche so th- i think they will be able to if they write this uh if they write um the decision properly i think they could be able to just kind of carve it out and make it uh fair um, but that's a case that we'll have to just keep on following. And that's why it went all the way to the Supreme Court, because it is complex. Because once you take it upon yourself and you realize, I have my own bias, I have my own I have my own desires. If this is my store, I mean, honestly, I don't want like uh, the um, what's the name of the uh, the horrendous church, the uh, the God hates uh, God hates oh, yeah, Westboro Baptist, the Westboro church. Baptist yeah. church, for example. If I have a store, I don't want them near it. Yeah. You know, get the heck out of here. Uh, and, and if this would pass, if they would just say, I'm sorry, you have to serve anyone who comes into your business. Then technically, you got to make a cake or what? Or you got to cobble a shoe. I don't think of, I don't know if shoe cobblers <laughs> still exist, but nonetheless, you have to service them. And 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 uh, so that's where that's where this case again, as you said, gets very sticky. Yeah, it get, it gets very sticky. But there's also no difference between what these guys are doing and say if uh, a mixed race couple came in and but you know and again, they said they all... don't believe in miscegenation because the Bible says that it's wrong. The Bible says that the mixing of races is wrong. You know, it's like so what. What happens then is that, you know, that's still discrimination that's protected under the Civil Rights Act. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's a it's a little bit. Yeah. And again, you know, it's already protected. The 64 and 60, those aren't going anywhere. We already have those. Um, I think the fact that it's brought forward with the religious freedom angle gives it a little bit more like. I don't like I, I would hate the idea of those individuals like getting a W here. Yeah. Um, because I don't think they're coming at it from a good perspective. I think they are coming from it, coming at it with the perspective of why can't I be a bigot? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, but technically you're allowed to be a bigot. You're allowed to be a prick. Uh, you have a constitutional right to be an asshole. Um, and then, you know, these people can also put that masterpiece cake shop on blast. We're talking Denver, Colorado here. Yeah. Uh, this would, this is, I mean, as a matter of fact, Jack Phillips, the owner, has said, you know, if we lose, we'll just go out of business. I think it has hurt business quite a bit. Yeah. Which is fine because you're allowed to take a picture of it, on, put it on Instagram, be like, this is the guy I don't like. You're allowed to, I guess, dox him for all intents and purposes. Uh, and then Christians who say, I support that guy can go there. And, um, and other individuals who don't won't have to go there. Where it becomes very muddy, uh, we had a, uh, the uh, transgender individual who was from a small town, forget which southern state, who emailed us. You know, uh, if she, uh, you know, doesn't get, uh, if, if she can't go to a certain places, there's nowhere else around. See, that's a whole other story where now you have two different sets of standards uh, because they've allowed for uh, discrimination to be legalized. Um, so anyway. We will follow that case, and I'm actually very interested uh, to hear where the Supreme Court goes on it because you get the feeling, you know, uh, Gorsuch, 
um, we got we got Gorsuch, we got Alito, uh, Thomas, and uh, and Roberts. They're they're most likely going to side with the religious freedom aspect of it with the, with the uh, with with Jack Phillips, and then of course we have we have Breyer, uh, Ginsburg, uh, Kennedy, who is the swing vote. Um, uh, Sotomayor and Alina Kagan. There, those four. Other than we don't know where again, Kennedy is going to be the most significant. Those four are going to side uh, with the with the couple Charlie Craig and David Mullins, most likely. So it really comes up to the mind of this eighty-two year old guy. Yeah, uh, which is why the Supreme Court. It's interesting. I I get conflicted on term limits because then you you don't want to politicize it. Mm-hmm. Um, but my God, they're old as hell, <laughs> and they are making very, very significant decisions. They don't so. use email. No, I don't think th- uh, maybe Gorsuch does. He's the spring chicken at Gorsuch. fifty-one. <laughs> He's Gorsuch the baby definitely the, does, but you know, in diapers still. As far as I know, you know, they they have runners that um, they, you know uh, ta- yeah. that take letters in between them. Yep, that's. I'm pretty sure that's still the case. Uh, mm-hmm. Keeping jobs, yeah, <laughs> keeping people employed. That's what they're doing at the Supreme Court. Um, so that's. Basically, the biggest news of the week, from my understanding of it. Oh, also, uh, under the radar, it was on the cover of the Daily News, but really not getting any coverage whatsoever. Uh, The Las Vegas massacre, we had the church massacre in Texas. Uh, Congress has finally passed rational gun legislation. And by that, I mean, if you have a conceal and carry license, you can go across state lines now. (laughs) So congratulations. Thank you. I'm so happy that there's going to be so many more guns here in New York City. It's really quite interesting. Because that's one of the things that, you know, I've really, you know, hated about living in this city for the last 11 years. I said, why aren't there more bullets in the air? Well, New York State will, New York City will still have their laws on the books. You cannot bring a gun to New York City. I mean, it's still... Uh, there's still there are still the rules in place, but uh, yes, yep. you're you're next step. It's, it's it, very it is, interesting. If they would then. care as, as much about healthcare as they do guns, my goodness, we would be doing a lot Jesus better, Christ. wouldn't we? Oh man, it's interesting. That gun lobby is a it's a powerful beast. I know you can't even get well. I guess you can get insurance across state lines. I believe so now. Um, anyway, all right. Well, that's basically the news of the week here from the politics uh, perspective. Thank you so much for listening. And please go rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, we're, we're working on getting some sponsorship here for the show. So any any help would be absolutely amazing. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for supporting everything here on the last podcast network. Hope you enjoy the Pee Wee Gaskins episodes on uh on the last podcast, I was thinking the entire episode I was like, he sounds like Roy Moore, uh, but I don't want to even mention Roy Moore on that show yeah. because it lives forever and he doesn't deserve uh, to uh, to live uh, in infamy well, along with Pee Wee Gaskins. Well, Maybe li- we'll do an episode on Roy Moore when it's all said and done for yeah. last podcast. Who knows? Well, at the very least, we're all going to last until the big EMP blast knocks it all out. Ooh, yeah. Interesting thing with uh, with Roy Moore and Doug Jones, by the way. If you do vote for Doug Jones, he's only there until 2020, and then a Republican will most likely take that seat. There'll be another election. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting perspective as well. Yeah, but a but, lot uh, a lot can happen here in the next couple of years. A lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot. That's that's it. So it's uh anyway, interesting world to say the least. Hail yourselves everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Find all you know, you know where to find us on Twitter, Marcus Barks, Ben Kissel, Instagram, Ben Kissel one Marcus Barks. Um all right everyone. We'll talk to you soon. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.